0: Welcome to the Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay,
1: and we are so happy that you're here joining us today.
0: Christina Rossetti strikes a chord with all of us living through the month of February with her poem In the Bleak Midwinter. How is that Hugo life holding up? Well, if like us, you need a bit of a midwinter pick-me-up, we have just the thing for you. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and come fika with us. But first, it's time for our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. So what do you have for us today, Lindsay? This is going to
1: piggyback off of the tip of the week last week where we spoke about honorifics and, you know, using Mr. and Mrs. We are looking into the term Ms. today. Mm. So I thought the term Ms. came about during the feminist revolution of the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, and I thought that it gained popular- popularity due to Gloria Steinem's magazine, which was called Ms., which debuted in 1972. But I was very shocked to learn that the title Ms. was first used in the 17th century and that it comes from the word mistress, and this title was used for all women. So it was revived then later in 1901 when it was suggested in an article in the publication called The Republican on November 10th, and the proposed revival went like this. This is a quote from that uh, article. There is a void in the English language which with some diffidence we undertake to fill. Everyone has been put in an embarrassing position by ignorance of the status of some women. To call a maiden "misses" is only a shade worse than to insult a matron with the inferior title of Miss. Yet it is not always easy to know the facts. Now, clearly, what is needed is a more comprehensive term which does homage to the sex without expressing any views on their domestic situation. And what could be simpler or more logical than the retention of what the two doubtful terms have in common? The abbreviation MIS is simple, it is easy to write, and the person concerned can translate it properly according to circumstances. So, it had a long history and it was looked mm-hmm. at again in the early 50s when women started working in, you know, secretary pools when you think like madmen in the late 50s early 60s. And so when women really entered the um, business world and there were a lot of there was a lot of letters addressed to them instead their employers didn't know if they were mr or miss or sorry, mrs or miss And so they really started proposing using it in a business sense in the 1950s and just going by Ms. to simplify things. So, yeah, much more varied history than I ever imagined.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And I I really like that, though, because if you think about the honorific of Mr., right, there is only one um title for men really and uh it makes it so simple to address a man <laughs> like Mr so and so and and you don't have to think about it like what that article from uh what is was it the 1900s that you're yeah. reading from? The yeah. early 1900s was saying. Uh, whereas with women, you can kind of get flustered and all caught up. Like, is, oh, I, I don't know. Is she uh, is she unmarried? Is she married? Yeah. And it really, with Ms., it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right, right. And is she a widow or is she recently
1: separated? Like, just, yeah. it's just easy to have for social faux pas to just go by Ms., which I'd never known. I will still proudly be a Mrs., and I'm sure you will too. But mm-hmm. it's nice to know that there is such a different history to the word miz than it just popping up in 1972 with Gloria Steinem.
0: So today we're really stepping inside that coffee shop. We're really holding on to that steaming mug of hot coffee, and we're just kind of relaxing, easing into this topic of fika. So Lindsay, what is fika? What's the definition of it? So fika, which is spelled F-I-K-A,
1: is a slang word meaning coffee break. And it originated in the 19th century in Sweden. And it is a play on the word kaffee, you know, coffee mm. in Swedish, which is K-A-F-F-I. What they did is they switched the syllables to put the F-I in the beginning. They dropped the f extra F. So it's just now fika. And so it did literally mean a coffee break. Now, a bit of the history is that... Um, coffee was banned. Five times throughout Swedish history I don't exactly know why Um, but that it was banned and it was only 65 years ago that coffee drinking the rules on it were slightly relaxed and that the heavy heavy taxation was relaxed on it so during that time when it was illegal a lot of people in Sweden apparently would meet in forests to illegally drink their coffee together and so it was social and they would have their hot cups of coffee and so this idea of meeting and being in person and sharing a hot beverage with people really became um, a huge cultural part
0: of Swedish everyday life, their coffee break. Wow. I had no idea. Like you, I'm trying to think. I'm like, why would coffee be illegal? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, there's an... Yeah, there's a lot of varied history on coffee throughout the years since it
1: came out. Um, I mean, even the British connection to coffee where coffee drinking took over pub life uh, for a while. And I know it was um, heavily restricted in England because there was a lot of political agitation happening in coffee shops. That's where a lot of people would meet and get all Mm -hmm. fired up to overthrow the monarchy and that sort of thing. And so um, it was the first time really in history that people were sitting and talking, right? And dangerous talking ideas can come out of talking.
0: (laughs) Right. And as opposed to drinking tea, which calms you down, <laughs> okay. caffeine can just really rile you up there. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we won't even get into pubs. But, uh, you know, the thing with pubs is that this is what makes Fika a bit different than something like England, where people did meet and have beer, which is, you know, ancient. Mm, Um, But they don't do that in Sweden, apparently, like a lot of other places. They really do meet for their afternoon coffee. So um, Mm. it's coffee, it's cinnamon buns, and it's people. And so I thought this was interesting, too, that Swedes are the third highest coffee consumers in the world only coming in after the Netherlands and Finland. So coffee wow. is really popular up in that area. And apparently, since a young age, they're d- taught to drink very strong black coffee. But that about 30 years ago, Sweden um, really started to develop a lot of the coffee drinks that are popular now. Like they didn't invent them, but they became popular there earlier than some other countries. So we're talking lattes, um, cappuccinos. Mm. Obviously, a lot of those are from like the Italy area, but they Sweden kind of picked up on that trend. A lot sooner than a lot of other countries.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And and like what you were saying, I love that uh, even when it was illicit, mm-hmm. they would still gather together to partake into it. So it's not like they would be like running out to go grab some coffee and then running home to brew it
1: <laughs> yes. privately in their
0: houses to hide it. They would be just like, no, we're just going to stay here and yep. partake. And that that has really translated to their practice of it today that it really like the coffee is one side of it but the people are really the heart of what fika is it is really the social aspect that really makes fika um, a unique
1: thing and so apparently Mm -hmm. um It is an institution. It is their way into society. And it's often the first word that new people moving to Sweden will be taught because you're invited to Fika. And so it is just really um, the way that you're going to get to know your neighbors. And it's the way that you develop friendships so if some people can go and sit alone in a coffee shop and sometimes you do want alone time but it's the very fact that they are going to a coffee shop this differs from places like italy where you get your um, espresso and i've even read that i think it's in milan you drink they actually pour your hot espresso into a cold cup so that you can drink it even quicker like you drink it and you get out and run oh. and you go to work this idea mm-hmm. of actually staying for coffee um, is what makes this so unique because you are sitting and you're opening yourself up to social time I mean compare this even to us right in Canada where we it's all drive throughs you're not even going Mm -hmm. in to have a relationship with your barista half the time you're in your car you get your coffee to go and you drink it quickly in the car
0: and you get to work and you get to work this is in such contrast to that Mm -hmm. and I was uh, yeah going along with that I was just thinking as you were saying it that busyness Mm -hmm. even if you work in an office with other people busyness is so isolating Yeah. Right. And that work is good. It's good to want to work. But to have something worked into your schedule already that forces you to come back around to the people again, almost like, uh, yeah, like when we talked about self-care, how you almost have to schedule an appointment with yourself. uh, If you get if you're getting so caught up in the busyness of life, then self-care can be like booking yourself into your to do list. Right. Fika seems to be that way to make sure, at least in, their, in that culture, uh, that you're booking in FaceTime with absolutely. people that has nothing to do with the business at hand. Yep, absolutely. And I believe that Sweden
1: was one of the first countries to really put into law an afternoon break. Like like you're saying, like to actually legislate Mm. in taking an afternoon break, because, again, it's so different than this American or Western mentality of working through your lunches, working through your coffee, like coffee breaks, getting your coffee and quickly bringing it to your desk in your cubicle and closing yourself off again to work. And, you know, you hear this and we think, well, we could never do this. But there is something so dreamy about taking a couple Mm -hmm. of hours and it's at least a minimum of a, a minimum of an hour they try to sit and it can go on and on. But that idea of carving out time to have mm-hmm. a hot drink, right? And you have to wait till your drink cools down a little bit. It is this gift of time. And um, I have a few other examples internationally of, of what other cultures do with that that I can get to in a minute. But mm-hmm. yeah, this idea of carving out time. and. There are ways I do it in my home. So that is kind of opposite to what we're saying about going out into the world and meeting other people in public. But this idea, again, of carving out an hour where you're drinking your drink while it's hot. We know. We're busy moms. The joke is right. the microwaved cup of tea or coffee, right? Or drinking it Three ice times cold. a day. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Same the, cup. <laughs> the standard joke among moms. But what if we actually did schedule in a half an mm-hmm. hour or an hour where we Stopped everything. We told the kids to leave us alone, which there is nothing wrong with that moms and having that cup of coffee while it's hot. I actually do that. And it is revolutionary in my
0: day. I look forward to that afternoon Fika break that I've created in my life. Hmm. And you also do it too. And I was thinking about this as well. You do it with your kids. Yes. Uh. Right. Because that is something too. You know. So my kids go to school, and often I feel like our meals earlier on in the day are that rushed. Mm. Right. Because often they have to be going off somewhere again yeah. too. And a fika, we do do snack time. We just didn't call it fika before. And I usually don't um have coffee that late in the day. At least yeah. not. Uh, Not unless it's decaf. Uh, But, you know, it's the first meal where we have sat down that there's not necessarily something that we have to be running off to. And I have to remind myself sometimes, like, maybe the dishes can wait to be put away. Often I'll try to get some stuff done in the kitchen while they're eating and occupied. Like, huh, maybe I should have a tea or brew a cup of decaf and just sit and linger with them even they can be company too not always oh my goodness yes a lot of the time (laughs) this
1: is why so a lot of People who comment on fika are like, yeah, what's the big deal? Every, you know, buddy, like people meet in coffee shops all the time. But it's this idea that they put a word to it. And mm-hmm. it's just like with huga. I mean, a lot of people light candles, you know, and put a throw on and watch a movie. But when we put a word to these cultural practices, it somehow sets it apart. So, yeah, you can sit and have a cookie with your kids after school and that's fine and get up and do it. But mm-hmm. if you called it fika and now, kids, we're going to do our fika, it suddenly does become something
0: unique and special. Mhm. No, you're so right. And when like what you were saying, it it does give like a permission to be mm-hmm. able to sit down and to do it, right? Because we feel so obligated by our tasks. And actually, oh, yes, I did want to say that uh do you think it says something that we don't have a, a an English or a North American equivalent to a lot of these words like huga, like yeah. fika, right? Or I, I guess speak is kind of like coffee. But there's no direct translation that they have a word for it. Yeah. and we don't. And they practice it as a thing. and yeah. we don't as a yeah. culture. I-
1: Absolutely. And, and Fika, you're right in saying that it, it originates from the word coffee, but it is a verb. Like they say, do you want to Fika? Mm. And if you haven't seen anybody in a while, you Fika. And so, um, yeah, it, I think it does say a lot about our culture. And I feel like the more I learn about these things, the more I'm reshaping my life because I want that life. And there's nothing mm-hmm. stopping us from incorporating these beautiful things that other cultures do. So, um, you're right. I do Fika with the kids um, with homeschooling. So, There are afternoons where I, when I'm making my afternoon cup of tea and I'm telling you, I've said this before. I wasn't a tea drinker before, but I do make an afternoon cup of tea now and an evening cup of tea. And then I have my two coffees kind of (laughs) in between those. Um, But my afternoon cup of tea, I make around three and I often will, and this is going to sound crazy, but I'll throw blankets like our throw blankets into the dryer for about five minutes. They actually get warm and toasty, tuck each kid in with a warm blanket, hand them a book and I scoot off to my room. I shut the doors and I enjoy that cup of tea and another way i do it and again you and i've talked about this before and you've started doing this with phil is for a couple years now when my husband jason gets home from work one of us whoever's downstairs at the time gets the coffee or the tea going we bring both full mugs up i can't tell you how many times we've spilled coffee or tea all the (laughs) way up the stairs and on our light colored bedroom carpet
0: and on our occupational hazard yeah yeah (laughs) but it's
1: worth it we got to fika our way through this so then we um we make out our hot cup of Beverage, and we sit in our bedroom and we talk. And then we're actually looking into buying armchairs for our we're going to call them our Fika chairs, which I learned is actually a Swedish thing. They actually, a lot of houses do have a Fika couch or Fika armchairs, which mm-hmm. are used for that purpose of sitting and having your coffee with somebody. And so we just, I mean, it's two armchairs in a bedroom. Uh, not mm-hmm. that's not uncommon, but the fact that we're going to call them our Fika chairs designates something it sets it apart in your day and this is what you and i try to push so many times is how to make our everyday lives a little bit more extraordinary
0: yeah and finding the beauty that will reveal truths about our humanity Mm -hmm. just in in the daily every day right um and finding them within every station of your life so you and i are at a point where we may need to make fika work most days at our house it won't necessarily be at a coffee shop and you do that so beautifully mm-hmm. um and I was interested in knowing though when you go to a coffee shop I can see them meeting uh, friends for mm-hmm. sure like setting up an appointment with friend or a date with friends to Fika. Yep. Um. But is there also like a wider community feel? Like when you walk in and everybody in like a coffee shop is fikaing, ing is yeah. there this real communal sense like people can kind of filter, uh, just kind of come in and out of conversations too? I believe that there is. I don't know if they have like a community
1: table, which we've I'm starting to see popping up in some of our local coffee shops where mm. they have the individual tables, but a lot of them are doing one large table as well for people to meet. Um, but I think that everybody um, is just a lot more open to conversation. I also learned that they develop relationships with their barista because it does take a long time Mm -hmm. to make a pour over coffee or to brew a cup of coffee well. So there's that relationship with the barista who starts to know what you like to drink. There are people who said that they do like to go in and just do people watching, but they're out in the world. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked so many times about not barricading ourselves in in our world and thinking that we're connecting with people because we're speaking on social media. Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing. So just sit Out there and seeing people come in and saying hello to them, that does so much for our spirits. And I want to just say, too, so they also eat sugar <laughs> or yeah. carbs yes. during fika. Mm-hmm. Carbs seem to be a big part of this. And yet the Swedes are notoriously healthy. And you and I have touched on la gomme before, that idea of having the one cinnamon bun, not the five cinnamon buns, um, right. but also not turning it down like, oh, I'm not eating carbs right now, which is like what I've been saying for two years. But <laughs> having that one cinnamon bun and enjoying it and savoring it with your cup of coffee and having a conversation, its sounds heavenly and it sounds Mm -hmm. so basic but it also so many of us here in the western world um you know and i'm speaking in north america like would say no to all of those things i don't have time we can't stop and have that cup of coffee i gotta grab it to go and i'm not gonna have this baked treat and i you know what i'll connect with you later i'll text you later Mm -hmm. um so, so carving out time to have a sweet and a
0: hot cup of coffee it sounds revolutionary it does and it's so simple Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just this uh, this talk about balance and the happy medium and the middle middle ground between two extremes. And I, I like that idea of a community table because, uh, you know, sometimes part of not barricading yourselves uh, into your own little world. And this is true for social media too, but more so out in the larger world, is that part of the isolation is that we've almost become too choosy with our friends. Mm-hmm. With We've become too choosy with our community, right? We have yeah. the ability to choose who we want to friend on social media. And sometimes yeah. we can get a little bit carried away where it becomes just like everyone is the same. Right, we'll finding call your tribe. Chamber. That's yes. right. Yeah, and your tribe is is great. But if, uh, like back in back in the day when it really was, your social circle was limited to your neighborhood and your church community and the, your children's school communities, you just had to work with the people around you. And that did something, I think, for uh, empathy and compassion and patience with people and a real unification that we seem to be lacking too. And Fika sounds like something that could be so good for stepping back into that sort of a mind frame.
1: Yeah. And I'm really seeing this. So where you and I live in Waterloo Region, there's been a massive increase in um, higher end coffee shops. And Mm -hmm. I think we have at least two Possibly three coffee shops that are now doing the actual roasting of the beans on site, which is um, something that didn't mm. used to happen. And what I'm learning too is that Fika goes um, even deeper because it's about quality product as well. And and Swedes are known for having some of the best coffee. And apparently they get to the coffee manufacturers or the the plantations and they buy their beans before any other country. And so they get the mm. best pick. And so there are a lot of people who say like, and I keep hearing this that. Coffee tasting is on par with like a sommelier who tastes wine. Like there are so many different notes in good coffee. And so you find these coffee shops and they're popping up everywhere where we live right now. So many of the new coffee shops are stunning. You and I have done this many times. Right, trying out you've been with me a while I've been mm-hmm. checking out these fika spots and I've um, been your model sometimes you have
0: you have <laughs> paying and, for my coffee yet.
1: <laughs> yep and so this is something that Jason and I have really actually embarked on in the last couple of years and I want to say too we bring the kids on these fika excursions and mm. there I can say a lot of the people do a double take when they see our family of six come in because it is all like young 20 somethings and then our four kids <laughs> and to keep the price down Jason and I get our coffees and then we'll get like kids um the kids a cookie to split um because we can't afford it every weekend (laughs) um but we think it's really important to teach the kids this concept of fika and carving out time as a family and sitting in a coffee shop and speaking with each other and i think it's good for the wider world to see little children coming in Mm -hmm. and being a part of that community as well
0: yeah i love that i love that you do that as a as a family and that's something like phil and i um we have not been able to really get out for coffee by ourselves for Mm. many years (laughs) at this point. And we don't foresee it happening in the next little bit either. Our kids are at that age, are those ages. But I'm really heartened by that when i hear about your family going out to do something like that when i see other families just doing life and Mm. we've actually been very inspired to do that maybe not so much with fika and with going to coffee shops but just in general just starting to get out into the world like what we're saying and bringing the kids they're part of this world too right (laughs) they're they have a place here as well and so you're right it is good to um It's good to go out and connect with other adults, but also have a mind, too, of the community is all ages, all cultures, all all cultures even,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So speaking of cultures, um, I looked into this because a lot of people in the comment sections when you're talking about Fika like to also share what their country um, does. And I learned some other awesome things. So have you ever heard of Cantonese morning tea? No. Okay. It's also called I love you know how I love butchering other languages in our podcast
0: <laughs> oh yes it's um, our favorite yes <laughs> yeah
1: I'm really good at that so it's called zao cha and apparently this is becoming really really popular in LA you know the tastemakers the trendsetters mm-hmm. of California so but obviously mm-hmm. they have like a, a physical ge- a geography proximity to China um, sure or, yes um, but so they do Cantonese morning tea and so it's usually on weekends or holidays when you have a bit more time and like fika it involves either your Family or good friends. And again, it's about leisure and relaxing. I think we should do an entire podcast episode Mm -hmm. on the idea of leisure because there's an interesting history with leisure as well. But they tend to drink their black tea, uh, during their morning tea and and the green tea is later, they want it to be bitter. So that like, usually it's an oolong tea. So it's a bitter tea and it's eaten again. This sounds amazing with like heavily glutinous foods. So we're talking dumplings, like Mm. so high in gluten, carby, starchy with a bitter black tea and they linger over it and they have their time with their family and friends. Um, then there's Mm. the Ethiopian coffee ceremony. And just like the the coffee shops are talking about here, their coffee then is roasted in their own hut. They roast it right there, and everybody is there for this whole process. Then they grind it with a mortar and pestle, and then they do a slow pour-over coffee drip. But they get together with the people that they love. They strew – is it the word strew? Strewn? Is it strew in the String? active sense? Strew? No. When they pour, they throw yellow flowers <laughs> oh. strewn of, uh, around on the – loose grass floors of the hut so there's yellow flowers everywhere and the woman of the household is the one who does this coffee ceremony and this is a a great honor for her to do this for everybody and they do three rounds of coffee and they have smaller coffee cups and they use the same grounds all three times they just pour over more hot water and their snacks that they usually have are popcorn and peanuts with their hot coffee Um, Mm -hmm. and then the idea of the siesta right the siesta a lot of us use the word. it's a spanish word but it's often most linked with italy surprisingly hmm. and it's when everything in like the small italian villages shut down from one until four and hmm. it, we use the word with with nap but it comes from the latin for ora sexta meaning the sixth hour of the day and it was, it was a resting time you went home and you cooked a lunch from scratch and ate a healthy meal you sat and rested usually actually didn't have time to sleep so that nap idea you know wasn't always true mm. and then you went back and you opened your shop back up from around like four until seven o'clock at night so you worked from like 9 30 until 12 30 or one you went home for three hours and then you worked until
0: seven and that sounds like a great work day to me yeah it kind of gives you it first of all breaks up your day and yeah. then also gives you a little bit of connect time right to connect with your family midway it's not such a long stretch that's what Mm. I that's one reason why I love to take my kids home for lunch sometimes from school it's not nothing to do with like the food necessarily or um, that I'm concerned about anything happening at the school it's just like no sometimes it's nice to think even for them I just have to go out for like two hours and then I get to come home touch base reconnect Regroup and then I can go back for another couple of hours, right? I love that idea. But so in our lives, right, to
1: bring this home to us, even though we don't mm-hmm. need to do those things. And I know a lot of our listeners might be thinking, yeah, this all sounds great, but I can't leave my job for three hours in the afternoon. What we're saying is how can you incorporate this on like we just had family day here in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a Monday off for everybody to be with their family or on your weekends. It's again, it's like slowing down, creating a new ritual in your life with your family and and being intentional in that time together, pouring the hot chocolates, pouring the coffees and. Sitting and savoring that time.
0: Okay, it's time for our what I'm loving this week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, get us started. What have you been loving this week? Oh, Michelle,
1: I'm back to reading Moby Dick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's still a penitential <laughs> season for you then. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> is. is this oh part of goodness. the Exodus 90? Did you Um, have to read Moby Dick for like (laughs) mortification? Yeah. Uh,
1: No, I just, so I, cause I keep thinking like, what book am I loving? And I am actually loving a book called If On A Winter's Night, A Traveler by Italo Calvino. I'm a Mm -hmm. big fan of Italo Calvino. So people can look him up if they're looking for a new author. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, that's it, Lindsay, you're going to plow through this. You're going to keep trying to do Moby Dick. And it is getting a little bit more interesting. um, And I am I wouldn't say loving it yet, but I did want to just update our readers on where I'm at with my books. But <laughs> yes. there is a movie that we watch, so we're allowed again on Sundays to watch something more secular. So, Jason, mm-hmm. you know how everybody has their childhood movie that they loved and watched 100 times. Yeah. So Jason's childhood movie was Clue, the movie that came out I think like 84, or 85, based yeah. on the board game. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh surprisingly and i thought i've seen every 80s movie i have never watched clue so he's like that's it we're watching it with the kids so we watched it on sunday evening i loved every yes. minute of that have you seen it i have seen it yeah but it's been so, years the comedy the one-liners the zingers just the whole you know who doesn't love well you and i clearly love our murder mysteries mm-hmm. i and was just gonna say <laughs> yeah. murder it's been a while um yep. So, yeah, everything about that movie was just fun and just purely enjoyable. The kids were closing their eyes. They were a little scared, although it's not a scary movie, but it was just mm-hmm. great. So what I'm loving this week is Tim Curry in the movie Clue from the <laughs> 80s. So good. I've heard they're going to remake it. I wish that they wouldn't, um, mm, but yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm loving.
0: So what are you loving this week? So I am loving a, a new podcast. Um, mm. This is the Myths and Legends podcast podcast. And I was just looking for something, uh, you know, how much I love stories and storytelling. Yes. And, and I've always been really into fairy tales and fables and everything like that. So this one came up on one of the top, it's one of the top podcasts on Spotify. Spotify? Right. Um, yeah, one of those things. So uh, it's also on episode 135. And that's mm-hmm. always a good sign. That means there's lots to binge listen to. Yes. yes. You can just keep going and going, right? Yep. So it, it really takes on stories that have shaped different cultures, stories that you think you may know that have made their way into more popular pop culture, but that you don't know everything about their original origins. So, mm-hmm. like Aladdin, King Arthur, Robin Hood, and even into mythology, like Thor and Hercules, also is about 30 to 40 minutes per episode so yeah if you can't do a a really really long one this is they do a great job of keeping it to the point but it's a retelling and so from the website uh it says you know these are stories of magic kings vikings dragons knights and princesses and wizards from a time when the world beyond the map was a dangerous wonderful and terrifying place and i was like done press play yeah (laughs) that sounds amazing (laughs) Yes, and so that that's what I'm loving this week is really deep diving on the Myths and Legends podcast and learning the backstory of so many of my favorite stories. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. And we wanted to remind you that you can find all the links in our show notes of the things that we've referenced today in the show, including we're going to try to upload some of our favorite fika recipes in the show notes this week. So if you are looking for something to add to your coffee over the next few days when you're trying to fika, then you can find the show notes and all the links at our website, which is themodernlady1950.wordpress.com dot com and so lindsay where can people find us on social media they can find us on facebook at the modern lady podcast and
1: on instagram it's also called the modern lady podcast and you can find michelle at mmsax s-a-c-h-s and i'm on instagram at Linny autumn and we'd love to have you follow us and i know i've said it before but if you just drop us a line telling us that you're a listener we'd be so happy to follow you back because um, we really want to grow this community
0: Mm -hmm. And if you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the podcast, we would also really appreciate that and look forward to meeting new members of the Modern Lady wider community. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you here next week.